Jackson Cloud, I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And Olivia's already talking about decorating for Christmas, which I literally just took down the decorations from last month. No, well, it was from literally last month two weeks ago. Because they were there from last year. He he literally just moved them out of this room. So they've been sitting in that corner. <laughs> so let's just not for basically do the entire that. year. Or if you want to do all of it, you are welcome to. We'll leave it at that. I did last year. Welcome to the Jackson You guys Cloud. drank hot cocoa while I decorated everything. You I lifted most of the I'm boxes wrong. up here. Thank okay, you very that's much. That's fair. That's fair. But you didn't decorate. No, I did. I tried to toss bulbs onto the tree. I broke three of them. Then I realized bulbs. I should probably stop. Toss bulbs onto the tree is what he said. <clears throat> Welcome to Jackson Cloud. We're going through Revelation, and today we're going to back it up a little bit. There's Wait, we're going out of order again? No, we haven't gone out of order yet. There's just a piece. You skipped like three and four. It went no. to like five, no, 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 then no. back to two. Everything's in order except for no. this episode. There was a little bit of an intro piece that I forgot about that I feel like it has good application to our lives. And to everything else and An intro piece. The oh. intro that yeah. was already two episodes long. How dare you? We forgot something. I mean, I could add several more intros if we want to be legit. But one more, one more piece, one more piece. This is a question that comes up with some people. It's a question that I was wondering about when I was reading through it. Okay, so you're reading Revelation, right? And this is someone's vision, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> we talked about the three kind of main genres that are in it, and there's probably more, but it's a letter, it's a prophecy, it's an apocalypse, and within all that is this visionary stuff. Now, as we keep going through the book of Revelation, you're going to find Bible passages coming up constantly, like all the time. <laughs> In fact, I might even have like a number estimate as to how many times it shows up. Let me see if I have this right here. Da, 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 da. Uh, 404 verses in Revelation, 518 allusions to Bible passages. That's just Eugene Peterson making like an estimate as to like how many different references there are. So there are more, like, allusions to Old Testament Bible passages. Wait, I'm confused. Why did he, like, give a such a precise number for an estimate? That's math, man. That's how math works. I think he's saying he found 518, but there's possibly more that he missed. Okay. Well, Eugene Peterson at least said he found 518 out of these 404 verses. But... John sometimes takes like 10 verses and melds them into one. So like, and you don't always know which ones. <laughs> so it's possible there's even more. But when you're referencing more verses... <laughs> then you are writing verses. Yeah. You're going to have like a lot of Bible stuff here. So this, this kind of brings about a question, right? Because John's having this visionary experience writing it down. 
do you think he was like a blank slate and like isn't bringing any of his own knowledge and personality into this? Nope. He was totally the pun master of his time. I'm going to need some proof for that. Well, just like if you make multiple references while using other words, isn't that typically what a pun is? A good pun or a bad one? Because you only know bad puns. I only know bad ones. It is true, and but... there's not many good you ones. You know, speaking of puns, I was telling Alec about oh, the boy. best pun I've made in my life. Go, Go on. on. <laughs> You've set the bar really high, so this story better end very well. Well, okay, it doesn't actually... Uh... Yeah, they're not going to watch this anyway. It's fine. So, uh, at one point, someone in my family was dating... A boy with the name of Nick. And the family didn't really like Nick. So while I was at the store, I noticed in the, in the shaving section, they have this little stick that's called a Nick Relief. So I bought it for her. <laughs> Who was the Nick Relief for? Your family or for... Depends on who you ask, because I'm pretty sure her mom (laughs) was like, yeah, I need this more. Okay, well, back on track from our Nick relief here. Sorry, Nick, and to all Nicks around the world. Um, John's having a vision, but he's writing in such a way where you're like, hold up. Did Jesus just take 518 references while he was giving this vision and like laid it all out for him? Or does John, like, know these illusions and he's pulling them out and he's bringing them in? How, how do you think from a complexity scale? Is this all Jesus? Is it some John? Is it both? Is it just John? Because, you know, there's the other side of the scale where some people are like, ah, supernatural doesn't exist and John's just creating this whole thing from, from his mind. So, where are you at? Right now I'm on the John train. John train? Mm-hmm. No supernatural. I mean, it could be supernatural through John, but I'm thinking it's more. I mean, he seems to make connections with lots of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, John, the original pun master. Olivia, thoughts? What was the question again? <laughs> One extreme is John is having a vision where everything is entirely laid out. Jesus is quoting 518 references to him, and John's just writing it down. That's one extreme. The other extreme is John's not having any vision, and he's just taking 518 references, blending them all into this one masterpiece. Those are extremes. What do you feel? Is there a balance? Is it one or the other? I would say that it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I mean, as far as, like, I know from, like, spiritual gifts and whatnot, like, when you don't typically have a clear-cut vision of what God's telling you, there's usually, like, a lot of allegory and whatnot you have to dig through to figure out what he's trying to tell you. Um, But at the same time, I don't think... It's entirely just John going off on all these things that he's predicting. Like, I feel like this is divinely inspired 
as well as a bit of John. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like he would have, he would have had, you know, just through his educational development, he would have had some training on a lot of the references, especially in the Torah, and or some after. Um, so I feel like John can get the references, but I think the way that it's being portrayed is inspired. Okay, so. Well, that would be a good look at the Bible in general, is like a lot of people are like, this is God's holy word, which it is. I don't mean a lot of people are like that. That's, <laughs> we believe that. <laughs> this is God's holy word, but some, some treat as though, and it floated down from an angel from above, right into our hands. Well, I think people treat like the Bible in general like that a lot of times, mm. not just Revelation. Mm. Well, that's what I mean, is like, that's the perspective a lot of people have of, of the Bible, which... It's part of the reason it gets misused all the time. Part of the reason nobody ever studies the culture behind what's being said because some angel somewhere brought it to us. You know that's what cults believe, right? About their holy scriptures. (laughs) Is that like they were possessed by a spirit who then automatic writing took over their hands and wrote it down for them. God doesn't do that. That's not how God works. So we have to understand like this is God's inspired holy word. It's sacred. It's right. But he made it in the same way he's always worked with us is by collaborating with humanity. So working with us to, to write and to put this together. Wasn't that like the exact origin story of Joseph, the guy that the Jehovah's Witness? What was his name? Yes, I believe Joseph Smith. That's it. Yeah, I met no, an no, no, angel. No, that's, that's, that's Mormonism, isn't it? Joseph mm-hmm. Smith? Yeah. Oh, Mormonism then. That's what... No, no, no. He dug it up in his backyard. And an angel. I don't know. There's the... <laughs> an angel came to him in a dream and told him that in his backyard was these slates and that only he could... Uh, what's the word? <laughs> translate? Thank you. That word. <laughs> only he could translate them. So he went in his backyard and he dug them up and translated them for the people. Right. And that's the way people's kind of treat the Bible, if we're honest. It's like, this thing is just floated down from heaven, an angel transcribed it, and we have it, like, just, you know, it's all it's all God. Whereas that's, that's not how God works. He doesn't possess people and, like, just, you know, the Holy Spirit is not, like, a demonic possession-like thing. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us to inspire and work through us, to to write and to work with us and all the different kind of giftings we have. So that's the way in which you have these Bible writers working is like, yes, it is holy. It is sacred. Yes, it's Holy Spirit inspired. But like through human hands as the Holy Spirit is is working with them. I bring that up because you kind of went that route with John. Is like, yes, the Holy Spirit's inspiring him. Yes, as Olivia says, there's this visionary element. But then also there's this John element of knowing the scriptures really well, like Casey was saying, and then finding ways to bring that together. And so here's our extremes. Jesus on my right hand, John on my left. Where's your meter in between all this? <laughs> Come on, that was way too soon. No, nope, I did not see that coming. So wait, wait, Olivia's, which one was which? Uh, Jesus, John. Okay, I would say, okay, hang on. I'm waiting for it to switch back to the other camera so I can see this straight on. Okay. 
Okay. Go. Okay, I would say it's around here. So more toward the Jesus side, right? Yeah. Okay, and Casey? More toward the middle. More toward the middle. Okay, so in general, there is no mathematical equation to this. I'm just curious as you're thinking over this. Um, yeah, so we have the, like, holy Jesus-inspired. Like, there's nothing in this that's, like, not inspired by Jesus or, or you know, not scripture. Um, but then Casey's just going for the mill, which more or less, I'd, I'd take that out of a math equation and just say, it's a blend of both working together, right? Whereas Olivia is also bringing that tone of like, well, yeah, it's working together, but this is scripture, so it is Jesus. So you're both right in general. I just, I wanted to get us out of the extreme thinking, you mm -hmm. know, because that, that doesn't always do us good, not just with Revelation, but with all scripture. Now, here's the application here, okay? I went to a Pentecostal church for a while. <laughs> this sounds like a fun beginning of a story. <laughs> and I actually enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I saw the Holy Spirit at work all the time. It was, a, it was a great time. But here's what happened after being there for about a year and a half to two years. I realized every time the message came up that I was listening to the same dang message every single week that I was there. No matter... <laughs> No matter what, it just always became the same words. It became the same flow. It became the same theme. It was always the same thing. In their same defense, though, you eventually run out of things to talk about if it's two to three hours long every time. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, and I'm over-exaggerating. Was it the same every week? I'm sure it wasn't. But you know when you just fall into this rut of, didn't I hear this for the last... 12 weeks, you know, and I eventually hit that point. That was what started to burn me out uh, with, like, I don't mind worshiping for two hours. Maybe it's because I like to play guitar, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I enjoy long worship sessions, but if we're going to spend an hour in a message on top of that, and it's the same one I heard last week, like, to me, that feels like tongues. Like, this is not edifying. I've heard this. Like, it's... Literally every week is what I hear. Here's what I felt like. What would go ahead with a with a slight caveat to that though. Mm. Some people could say that about some modern worship songs that repeat over and over and over again. Oh yeah, repeat yeah. stuff. Yeah, repeat stuff. Repeat stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, oh no, I yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, the hope is when worship bands are doing that is that you're trying to carve out some space to live within a theme for a bit. But I've also seen that way overdone. Like the comp, the worship concert is that the <laughs> the worship event I went to in Detroit, where the worship band played literally one song for forty five minutes, like the same bridge part too, and I just sat there like, what? <laughs> and what was even harder for me? Why? Because I think they were trying to think like these are the. Th Themes that Detroit needs to hear. And I'm like, first off, this is Royal Oak. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Detroit. <laughs> Very different places. <laughs> like, almost opposite. So, just a heads up, just because you're in Detroit area is not mean you're in Detroit. Secondly, we drove in from all across Michigan. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> your theme to... Royal Oak, on behalf of Detroit, is <laughs> not feeling super applicable to everyone. Anyways, anyways, the hope with moments like that is you're creating space. Likewise, 
if you're re-preaching same themes, the hope is that you're drilling something into someone's head. What I found was happening, though, is sometimes in supernaturally-minded churches, you feel like the only things that are valid in the service is when it feels like you're... What's that line in that movie, Selma? Martin Luther King Jr. movie. A pastor says, it's moments where your spirit shows up and you just feel like you're floating on air. Like, that's what supernatural-minded churches often, like, really want, is to feel like they didn't prepare ahead of time sometimes, and that the Holy Spirit showed up and things just happened. And that's all great. I'm familiar with that. I've seen it happen before. But guess what happens when the Holy Spirit doesn't show up <laughs> to that capacity of your sermon is being written on the fly as you're going? You gotta guess what happens? You, you just start rambling. About? Anything you can think of. Which is? A lot of times a whole lot of nothing. Or the same things that are always on your mind that you spoke about over and over again. So here's what I generally came to find. And I know I'm like, I'm just reading into this. I found like, you know, if you're not spending your time in your Bible <laughs> and you're not really trying to soak this in and you're not trying to prepare a message and you're just hoping God will show up and write it for you on the fly, what's going to come out is whatever is there. And if nothing else is there outside of Sunday morning, you're not going to have anything to say or anything new to say, you know, like you have to keep pressing forward. That's no judgment on that church. I'm sure they were reading their Bibles and whatnot. But if you're preparing nothing, then you have nothing to say. Likewise, culture, right? Culture played a huge part in the Bible. If you don't know the culture of the Bible times, you're also going to have nothing to say. Because is God just going to put that in your mind? No. Then why what? do people act like it? <laughs> what? I mean, spontaneous, because we can. Spontaneous historical download. Download doesn't happen? <laughs> no. I thought that was a thing. <laughs> Sometimes I think people want so badly to see miracles that they set them up and wait for it to happen instead mm. of letting God do what God wants to do. Which is use them. Hmm. Wait, you mean you can't force miracles? You can't force miracles. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just becomes this thing of like, you don't have to leave your brain behind. Like, yeah, aim for, hope for miracles, pray for miracles, pray long for miracles, worship long, preach long. I don't care about all that. But like, if all you're doing is like, I didn't prepare anything because the Holy Spirit's got to do this for me. Like, we're going to encounter the presence of you today, you know? But that's just where it's going to go. And you can actually get away with that for a while because there's lots of you to experience. I realize these words sound strange, but <laughs> there's lots of you to experience. But when the surface area of you has run out, <laughs> we will then have nothing left and we will... <laughs> that's a, again, the words are not working out. Once you've reached a certain point, everyone's like, okay, I've, I've heard this before. So, as Casey agreed, historical information is not downloaded into your mind. Guess what else? And I thought we could learn from mitosis. Nope. <laughs> you just confuse Olivia with science words now. So, when something splits in half, single cell, right? Yeah. Right? 
Are we right? Maybe we're all just crazy. I only know what mitosis is because I knew it before. <laughs> right? God did not just, Jamin, so you don't look like a fool. Here's what mitosis is. We have to look it up now because it may not be what mitosis defined. A, sing, a type of cell division. Okay, we're good. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> but the same is true about Scripture. God is not going to download Scripture into your mind that you do not know beforehand. You know what I've seen him do to me a hundred times? Bring up scriptures that I do know that I hadn't even thought about or didn't like connect before with something. That happens to me all the time when I'm writing. When I'm writing books, I'll be writing and just like suddenly a scripture that I haven't thought of in forever, never thought of in this light, pops in my head. And I'm like, wait, where in my databanks even was that? Like I hardly even remember reading that. I was leading worship one day at a church, and from the stage out of nowhere once, I was like, there's a story in the Bible about Hagar, who at one point, she goes and names a well, Bir Laharoi. <laughs> and I was like, even the Hebrew name of the place is like, <laughs> how did I remember that of all things? For me, it felt like... And it'd be the title. <laughs> it felt... And it's not that I didn't know that story. And it's not that I hadn't shared it in church before. But like in that moment, it just felt like something I knew before God brought to my mind and put it in there. And we all know that if it was Jamin's plan to say that, he would have had to pull up how to pronounce <laughs> Yeah, that's it. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what the Holy Spirit does not do is... Well, okay... It's possible he could go so far as say, turn your Bible to Jeremiah eleven eighteen. You know, like he could do something like that. That would be a very supernatural moment of, oh, wow, this is right on track with what I was thinking about. It could happen. I'm not used to that. But he wouldn't, hey, Jamin, you know how Jeremiah eleven eighteen says, and the reason I can't finish that sentence is because he just didn't do that right now. Like, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it says. <laughs> but these are examples of, like, John wrote this masterpiece because Jesus did give him a vision. It is supernatural. It is sacred-inspired words. John himself said that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Um, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. But even that like a trumpet, like that's how God's voice is pictured in the Old Testament. So like you, you see him taking elements that he knows from Scripture, taking the moment that he's in right there, throwing it all in a blender, putting it on high to the point that like you, you don't even know what's, what's him and what's Jesus anymore. Right? So, so it was a blend tech blender. Sure. And you can buy a Blendtec blender. For... <laughs> oh, remember those old YouTube videos of Will It Blend? That's just what came into my mind oh, gotcha. at that point. That's yeah. why. That, that was Is that still a thing? It used to be. I only watched an iPhone go in one. Yeah, I only I watched the iPad one. Oh, I, I watched like the, the action figure was very entertaining. <laughs> to see if Superman would blend was great. And with that, you now have some other YouTube videos to go check out after this. Um, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of application in this. If you want to hear God's voice and you want scriptures to come to life for you like they did for John, it's going to take more than just a vision. You're also going to like... Actually have to read the scriptures. Yeah, and let God work off what's already there. Right? 
Makes I mean, sense. that's half the reason you can trust certain prophetic words and visions over others is because they have biblical evidence that you can believe that God would say that <laughs> or is like that. And if you receive a word or a vision that does not match the scriptures, you have ample reason to say, is this God? You know, so. Well, it's a way for you to authenticate it. Yeah, exactly. So with that, you can join our Discord. And be sure to like, comment, subscribe. And we've actually started to see people beat me to the first comment. Are you the next one to beat me? Check it out. I'll beat you. <laughs> right? Because when you almost punch me in the face, now. Oh, yeah, okay. Full yeah. circle. <laughs>